0: Beowulf, I've heard that name before. Oh yeah? What'd you hear? Stories only idiots would believe. Only an idiot would come to this damn place. (laughs) Unless he was already damned. A mercenary? It's not something we've come to expect around here. How did you get through the siege lines? On my horse. You are listening to Movie Sucktastic. Joey, have you ever been in a in a Turkish prison? Joey, we like movies about gladiators. Hello everyone. Thank you for joining me. I am your host, Joey. Uh, Scott cannot be with us. We are doing solos right now. Uh, well, well, this, uh, this is going to be a very interesting show, I think. Uh, if you're playing the home game, as Scott would say, he challenged me to the absolutely atrocious... 1999's Christopher Lambert starring in Beowulf which is a futuristic tale of the 6th century or 8th century I think it's 8th century whatever uh, poem of uh, Grendel and Beowulf uh, this film has a lot of problems a lot of problems um, but uh, not, uh, we're not going to talk about that just yet. What I am going to talk about is there is a lot of things going on in the movie sucktastic world right now. So much that I had to write this shit down. Um, some of it is usual stuff, but there is a few new things, uh, that we have, uh, one, go to our website, moviesucktastic.com. You'll get everything you need there. You can listen to our shows there if you want. You can download them there and move them to any uh, MP3-type player, iPod, whatever you're using. Uh, But um, you can also email us at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. I have a new email uh, form on the website, so if you don't actually want to use your own email address, you don't have to. Uh, it is recommended that you fill your email address in the form so that we can respond back to you. Um, But you don't have to go into your email anymore. You can email us directly from the site now, which will make it a lot easier for everyone out there to send us things like reviews for films. You want to suggest bad movies for us to watch. All you avatar lovers out there, we have a special uh, drop-down just for you. Um, General feedback, uh, things like that. Uh, So that is new uh, on the site as well. Um, iTunes, please listen to us on iTunes. And while you're there, please give us some reviews. We have only a few right now. Um, We need reviews. Uh, We've mentioned this on and off uh, before. The more you review us, the more we'll go up in the ranks on iTunes. And obviously, we want to continue to do the show. And the more reviews we get, the more notoriety we get. You know, it's it's fun to do the show, but we need to know that you're listening. And I mean, I track the bandwidth, so I know you're listening. Uh, so, uh, but reviews, we want them. Please give them to us I, I, on iTunes. Uh, what else? Um, ah, we now have voicemail, so you can actually call the show and leave reviews and questions and, uh, suggestions or anything you want to talk about. Don't worry. Uh, and the phone number for that is 908-514-4470. So give us a call and we'll play it on the show. And lastly, anyone that has, uh, Android phones, uh, iPhones, iPads, uh, Sonos, uh, in your cars, um, at anything like that, there is a an application called Stitcher, okay, and some of uh it, Ford and GM uh, use this in their their vehicles. Some of them are higher end, but they do use them in their normal vehicles as well. But for your phone or your iPad, you can download this application and you can listen to us from your phone or iPad or whatever uh pro, um, piece of equipment you're using. So if you're in your car and you have Stitcher. You can listen to us right on the fly. Very cool stuff. So we just hopped on there, uh, which is very, very cool. I, uh, it was very neat that they contacted us to be on their show or on their uh, platform. So we're on Stitcher now. So uh, those are the plugs. And uh, again, glad you're tuning in. So what I'd like to do right now is uh, I'd like to do the top ten. Um, This is going to be for July 15th through July 17th. So, the number 10 movie. uh, Actually making its way back into the top 10 is Midnight in Paris. Um, It's a Woody Allen movie. I actually want to see this film a lot. I I don't know what it is uh, about it, but I, I do like Woody Allen films. So, there's just something about this movie that makes me want... I don't know what it is. It's... Maybe just because of the ambient, uh, I, you know what, I don't even know if it's that, but there's just something about it that makes me want to see it. I don't know if it's uh, the fact that he's in there in Paris and I've always wanted to go there. It could be a, a, a number of things. Normally I, I wouldn't go for this type of film, but, but the fact that it's uh, directed by Woody Allen makes me interested. So that came in at 1.8 million. It's made 41, and it costs 30. So it's what you would call, I guess, a sleeper hit. Um, so moving on, the number nine film: Super Eight. Uh, 1.9 million for this weekend. Uh, it's made 122, and it costs 50. So J.J. Uh, Abrams has a hit on his hands uh, with the foreign market. It's doing very, very well. And I don't care what Scott says. I don't care that they don't show the monster for an hour. <laughs> uh, it just... And I won't go into it again, but it does remind me of my childhood, and that's one of the big reasons why I want to see it. Uh, Larry Crown with $2.5 Cost Costs 30 It's made 31 So it's not a hit, so to say. It's it's kind of breaking even. Um, I do don't think come Oscar time you're going to be hearing anything about this film with Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts but uh it's who cares he goes back to school uh because his job is either threatened or he gets fired because of it we all we talked about this in the last episode so i'm not really concerned uh the number 7 movie bad teacher now this made 5.2 million it cost 20 and it's made 88 so don't be surprised if you see another bad teacher film, or possibly even, uh, I don't want to say a rip-off, but another film or films that are uh, similar to this. I've heard good things. I've heard it was funny. So, I'll give it a shot. Why not? And uh, number six, Winnie the Pooh. This is in its opening weekend. This is a new film. Made $8 million, Cost thirty. Now... They use the old style animation. Now you could see in the the trailer and the commercials that um, it does have some CGI. They what they like to do is they like to take regular animation and they they mix in a little CGI. I mean all the all animation, even the old style, it's all rendered in a computer anyway. So it's very easy for them to add the CGI effect to it. So. Uh, I've always been a fan of Winnie the Pooh growing up as a kid. Uh, I read, read and had the books, The Tao of Pooh, and maybe on a, uh, another instance where, uh, I have enough alcohol in me, I'll tell you a story about that, but, uh, no, I, I, I would, I'll watch it, I don't care, it's only 70 minutes. Um, I would definitely see it as an adult, just because I've always been a fan of Winnie the Pooh. Uh, the number five movie. Cars, too. This made 8.3 million this weekend. It's made 165 so far, and it cost 200 million. So it's it'll definitely make its budget back, and with the foreign market, and because it's Disney, uh, it's a huge success. It probably then with DVD sales and Blu ray sales. Actually, uh, Disney's, um, they're actually doing it right with their Blu rays. Not all the companies are doing it. Some of them are catching on. But what they're doing is they're actually packing in the DVDs with the Blu-rays. So if you, when Cars 2 comes out, you'll get like a 3 or 4 or 2 disc, whatever edition that they put out. But the DVD will be packed with it along with the Blu-ray. That way, you don't have to guess. Oh, I'll buy the Blu-ray. Oh, I'll buy the DVD. Uh, The price for it usually is pretty cheap, too. I think they charge like 20 or 21 dollars for the blu-ray dvd combo and if you just buy the dvd alone it's like 17 or 18 dollars and if you buy the blu-ray alone it's like 18 or 19 dollars so i mean it's a no brainer you're buying the blu-ray dvd combo so they're doing it right uh moving on the number four movie zookeeper with 12 million cost 80 uh and it it's made 42 so far. So, you know, $80 million for comedy, that's a lot of fucking money. And you know why it cost $80 million? Because of all the goddamn special effects that they have. The fucking monkey that that uh, wants to go to TGI Fridays and the, the little spider monkey and all the animals with the CGI mouths. That's going to cost a lot of fucking money. So uh, I hope it, you know, slowly, not slowly quickly stops making money so that they think twice about making another one of these fucking things. Uh, so, moving on, uh, the number three film is Horrible Bosses with $17.6 million, which is a strong second opening or second week opening. Uh, cost 35 it's made 60 so hit, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a hit. I don't think you'll see a Horrible Bosses 2. Again, you might see other films that are similar to this. Um interested in seeing it still I'll definitely see it but there's really nothing else to say if you listen to our last episode we we did talk about it quite a bit uh the number 2 film Transformers Dark of the Moon with 21 million that cost 195 and it's made 302 million so far now with the foreign market this is actually a film that I did take a look to see what it did in its foreign market and that's that's over 700 million. I think it's actually closer to 800 million at this point. So this is another one of those films that could actually break the 1 billion mark because uh in its third week it made 21 million. You know, in another 3-4 weeks it's probably still going to be making 3-4-5 million a weekend. So it should cross or get very close to the 400 million mark here in America. So and that's another film that I'm interested in seeing. Uh and finally the number one film is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Now, that made $168 million in its three-day opening, which is just fucking unheard of. Uh, although, and Scott would agree with this on me, actually he'd be yelling at me right now, uh, it's always, add 20 to 30%, always add 20 to 30% more because of the 3D Uh, price that you have to pay to see it Um, it totally skews the numbers but even taking away say even 30% which I think is high but let's say you took 30% away uh, this film is still making somewhere in the range of a hundred and I want to say 25 million in its three-day weekend that's a lot of fucking money for a movie that's uh, close to three hours It's a lot of money for a a three-day. People were camping outside in front of theaters, and uh, it's the last movie, which, believe me, each one makes a fucking billion dollars. It's not the last movie. J.K. Rowling will write more shit uh, because I can't imagine anything new that she writes will get anywhere near as successful as her Harry Potter books. That's just my own thing with it. Uh, so I have a feeling that she, w- at some point, will write more Harry Potter stuff, and then they'll make more movies. Because, realistically, they will... And you know what? She won't write them with, oh, this will be made into a movie, in mind. She just won't. Uh, she won't say, well, it's been, say, fight... Let's As an example, 10 years since the last Harry Potter, Potter book. Uh, that would put Harry Potter somewhere around tw- you know, his late 20s, early 30s. Now... Daniel Radcliffe would probably in let's say they, she wrote this in 10 years he would be the, uh, the right age to reprise his role as Harry Potter but let's say she doesn't write for even longer than that she's not going to write it so they can make a movie about it she's going to write it the way she wants to and that's the way she's always done it she even said all these Harry Potter books she's glad that people love them and that they're interested in them but they're for her that's what she said. So she's definitely going to do that again. She's not going to uh, write the books with a movie in mind, although her her manager uh, will probably tell her to do that. But I, I don't think so. I, I, think, uh, I think it'll be fine. Um, but I think it's made $260 million over its... Because its midnight opening broke the record, which was previously held by Twilight, uh, the second one, which was... Um, Eclipse, I believe, with thirty million. This, in its midnight, made forty-three million. So it just totally obliterated it. But again, Twilight wasn't in three D. This is. Uh, as much as I hate the Twilight series, I'm surprised that they're not trying to cash in on all that three D money. So, but it's uh, it's the last film for now. They say uh, it'll be the last film, but I, I'm sure that they'll make more. Um, so I mean, that's the top ten and uh, what we always like to do is the finger list. And for anyone new listening to the show, the finger list is basically what the finger list is. Uh, let's say you're, you're out, you're with your significant other, they want to see a film, and what you would do is you would cut your pinky finger off then to have to see that movie in the theater. So that's what the finger list is. And I believe for the second straight week, and many weeks to come, uh, as long as we decide to do the top ten, uh, my finger list is going to be Zookeeper. I would rather cut my little pinky finger off than to have to see that in the theater. I would cut that fucking thing off, and I would put it on ice. I would hand it off to the uh, the front desk, and i say, here, just put that in the, the fridge for me, and I'll come back for it after I go see Transformers fucking 3. <laughs> So, uh, that's basically the top ten. That's the finger list. And I'm going to take my first break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Beowulf. See you then. In a future time where chaos rules lies a fortress at the edge of darkness. The enemy is at the gate but the real terror is within. A man, more than mortal, born half of heaven and half of hell is their only salvation in a battle against the ultimate evil. No sane man would come here to face this thing. I'm not like other men. That, you'll have to prove. Evil. It's here. He's dangerous. Definitely. You should be dead. Many times. This is my daughter, Karen. We've already met. You can sense it. You can feel it. We don't know anything about this man. Send him back. Don't push your luck. Beowulf. I've been waiting for you. I'm like you. I'm one of the damned. Budget, or I should say, Beowulf was on a low budget. I mean, I, it cost $20 million to make this movie. And holy shit, where did the money go? It had to be for all the shitty Grendel uh, CGI shots and the really, really, really bad CGI uh, fight sequence at the end of the film. Um, and again, there's gonna be spoilers in this. I mean, I'm not gonna spend too much time on this movie, but. For a 90-minute film, I have I have way more notes than I should have for a 90-minute movie. Um, what we're going to do is I'm basically going to just give you the gist of this piece of shit. Uh, and real quick, anyone that doesn't know what Scott and I do about our movie challenges, we we basically try and hurt each other. So he he'll give me a film to watch, and I'll give him a film to watch. So this week he gave me... My his challenge to me was Beowulf, so I had to I have to watch that, uh, you know, end up in the fetal position and then get on the uh, the my you know the chair here and just give you uh, the basic rundown uh, of that movie. So uh, and I have Scott's movie challenge by the way, and we're we're gonna do a slightly new setup with the movie challenges, uh, and I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a much more fun way to do them. Uh, I'm actually very excited about it because not only does it make it, I don't want to say easier for us to give each other movie challenges, but it's kind of like a six degrees of separation type deal. I'll explain all about it after I'm done with this uh, review. So first off, uh, this film was directed by uh, Graham Baker, who did uh, actually the very good film Alien Nation from 1988, and that's with James Caan and uh what's his face uh Nigo Montoya what the hell is his name uh fuck i can't remember his name uh, Ah, you son of a bitch <sighs> all right let me let me just get that real quick for you cuz if i don't it's going to fucking drive me up the fucking wall oh uh, my name is Nigo Montoya Mandy Patinkin patinkin tinkin tinkin patinkin mandy patinkin I'm thinking about patinkin Uh, (laughs) so yeah, Mandy Patinkin, um, but, uh, who played San Francisco. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, what, what happened, Graham? I, you go from alienation and it just wasn't ever right since. I, I know the movies are 11 years apart, but they gave you 20 million and what did they give you for alienation? Actually, I do have that as well. I believe. Now, 11 years earlier, you you're given 16 million for the budget on alienation, and you do an infinitely better job. So you know when I see things like that, where you get less money 11 years earlier, okay, uh, and if you go with inflation, you probably were given. Uh, slightly more money, but not by much, if you encounter inflation. But the fact is, I don't think it's all your fault. <laughs> I, I do think that... No, it's all your fault. Fuck it. No, it's all your fault. Why, why am I defending you? I'm not. I should I should stop right now. Um, no, it... Th- okay, there, there's a lot of problems with this film. And I actually have a review from IMDb that... And the only and I don't usually read reviews from IMDb, but I will when when they're written when they're written pretty good and it explains certain things. So uh, let's see. The review is a great movie for a laugh. That's the title. Uh, we screened this movie in a club. As an example of how classic literature can become twisted into some of the most awful movies of all time. Now, what's interesting about the fact that it was screened in a club is the club music that they actually used throughout the film for various fight scenes. Holy shit! And they use that, and they use pretty much hair metal uh, in in the rest of the scenes. Now, I know this is a futuristic tale which nothing looks futuristic about it except for uh some of the weaponry. um they have there's a one scene where they're using a futuristic telescope and there's one thing we like to do uh while we watch films like this it's like oh futuristic telescope oh futuristic uh uh, knife oh futuristic uh you know uh, bow and arrow you know things like that and this film for the most part if they didn't have things like some of the weapons and the telescope that they used in one of the scenes, you wouldn't know this is in the future or, be, or want to be considered a sci-fi film. So, uh, moving on. Just the fact that the back of the box proudly proclaimed the plot to be set in the techno-futile future should, be, should have been enough of a hint. I think that the words describe the movie best itself because no matter how much technology they tried to use to save the film, the effort was completely futile. Oh, I see what he did there. Not to mention that our club advisor told us that it allegedly couldn't get a distributor, a distributor for two years, which is true. The film was actually made in 1997, and it went theatrical, extremely limited theatrical. Uh, I believe two theaters here in the U.S., if that, and mostly it was released... Uh, In Spain and France, I believe. And I think that was it. And then it went right to video afterwards. uh, Because it was that fucking bad. Uh, The cinematic failure is littered with cheesy, cliche dialogue that's worse than angsty teen poetry. Beowulf's character changes halfway through in a way that is no way credible. And whenever he's in an action scene, he's constantly flipping like a hyper gymnast. Yeah, that's another thing. He's flipping all around the fucking place. Up and down and left and right. It, it's okay. I We get it. You hired gymnasts to be in these action scenes. Don't fucking overdo it. But what are you going to do? It's a shitty film. That's what they do. Uh, there is even, as they say, a token black guy who attempts, whose attempts at humor are completely out of place. And of course, the daughter of the leader... ...of the outpost Grendel is... I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me start over. And of course, the daughter of the leader of the outpost Grendel is terrorizing... Is terrorizing... Okay. I'm sorry, dude. Fucking learn to write. Jesus Christ. Uh, and of course, the daughter of the... I'm going to just fill in what he's supposed to have written. And of course, the daughter of the leader of the outpost Grendel... ...who is terrorizing the area... ...is a total vixen. Yes, she's fucking hot. And there's a scene in the... Uh, there is a scene in the movie. Um. She comes out and she says, I want to fight. And I'm sorry. With, first of all, the top that you're wearing, where uh, I could practically see your nipples. There is no fucking way in hell, I believe, that you can fight whatsoever. Uh, it... it as, as little as a little flick in the arm is going to have you down on your knees, crying like a little bitch. I'm sorry, that's just the truth of it. There's no way, I believe, that you can fight. Um, A vixen who wants to fight the creature, yet she never puts on armor, which is totally true. They they totally build that up in the beginning of the film, that she wants to fight, and she can do it, but she never does. She, I think she tries one thing and fails. She gets knocked on her ass. Uh, Her weapon of choice is a little carving knife, and despite their dire situation, she still dresses up for dinner in a dress with a see-through skirt that exposes her short shorts underwear. (laughs) Yeah, that's true too. Uh, There are a couple of scenes that could pass as softcore pornography. Well, it either is or it isn't. Softcore, we all know what softcore is. That's where, just tune in to, to Cinemax after midnight. That's softcore. Uh, And in the second scene, they even reuse footage from the first. Well, yeah, that's what porn does. Uh, I thought the portrayal of Grendel was bad enough, but then came the end of the film, which featured a display of CGI that might be decent for the 80s, but is totally ridiculous for the late 90s venture. I could go on, but you should all watch this film for the truly, or for the fully laughable effect yourselves. The other club members and I did manage to have fun watching this, by taking a cue from MST3K and mocking it the whole way through. I'm still reeling from, the, uh, from an extra's weapon. A perpetually spinning pizza cutter on a pole. Which, yeah, he's supposed to be... Uh, that's the token black guy. He's supposed to be master of weapons. And all he comes up with is, really, that's perfectly put. A pizza cutter on a pole. It's really bad. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's a pretty good review. It really summed it up well. Uh, I don't think I could have written it better myself, to be honest. Uh, But here, let's see some of my other notes here. I mean, again, this is going to be a very brief review. I I can't even get into it too much because the dialogue is bad. All the action sequences are bad. The story of Grendel is essentially, real quick, uh, the king uh, is seduced by Grendel's mother, okay, and basically has sex with him in his sleep, or he's seduced, so he's kind of like in a trance. And basically, he's the father of Grendel. And the Grendel wants revenge, and he wants what's his and all that shit, so he terrorizes the town. And Beowulf comes in and fights him, and that's really the story of Grendel. There's really nothing more to it. You want more info than that, talk to Bujna, uh, who read the comics growing up as a little blonde-haired uh, kid. Little round-headed, blonde-haired kid. Um, but what else could I say? Here, let me go through my notes here. Um, Oh, let's see. Yeah, they do uh, CGI right in the opening of the film. And Grendel's... The the costume they use for Grendel is so bad. They actually have to put in this wavy line shit to just kind of hide it a bit. It's that bad. Um... And it's not there on purpose. It's not. It's, uh, stop it. It's it's totally there to cover up horrible special effects. Uh, Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, Christopher Lambert is in it. I, I think I mentioned that already, though. But, you know, I'll tell you what. If it wasn't for Highlander, he wouldn't have a career. If Because he's not a good actor in Highlander either. He's not a good actor in anything he's done. I've always thought of him ha- as a uh, a tougher balky. <laughs> really. It, it, just watch some balky videos and watch Christopher Lambert. And he's just like a tougher balky. That's the best way I can put it. Um, he's just bad in everything. And, you know, I'll tell you what. Nobody wants him for any anything real. If Quentin Tarantino hasn't called you, then you know you know that you're not wanted in Hollywood. Because Tarantino will take a washed-up, dried-up, uh, has-been actor and put him in one of his films, and then next thing you know, they're getting Oscar nominations, they're getting rolls up the wazoo, and they're respected again. Seriously. It happened with Samuel L. Jackson. It happened with uh, Travolta. It happened with... Um, uh, What's-his-face in uh, Jackie Brown... <sighs> Joey, why do you do this to yourself? <laughs> I just start spewing shit, and then I got to look it up, because I think I have some sort of OCD. <sighs> and I know the, all of you out there are just yelling into your your radios and your, your, your iPods and MP3 players, just screaming his name. Uh, let's see, Robert Forster. Yes, he got nominated for that. Didn't win, but... You know, things like that. Actors like that. They're getting nominated. If, if Tarantino's calling you, then uh, then you're getting nominated. And speaking of Tarantino, the Django Unchained is going to be fucking awesome. So look for that. I believe that's coming out in 2012. Uh, and I believe Leonardo DiCaprio is attached. Uh, and I, I I like him. I think he, he does some pretty good shit. And if he's making something with Tarantino, you can damn well bet it's going to be good uh let's see what else uh la-da-da-da-da. yeah i got nothing else <laughs> i really don't have anything else about this film it's bad uh scott you hurt me um this one was bad i I will say it was bad um what i mean can't say anything else Uh, so that's it for the Grendel review. Grendel, fuck, I wish it was Grendel. Uh, that's it for the Beowulf review. There's really nothing else for me to add, other than the fact that, uh, it's, it's just a piss-poor, uh, telling of the story. If you really want a decent, uh, Beowulf, what, even though the CGI is unnecessary, Watch the Robert Zemeckis directed Beowulf from I believe 2007. That is actually extremely well done. Um, Again, it could have just been done live action because Zemeckis likes to do those uh, ultra realistic CGI films, you know, like the Polar Express and uh, Christmas Carol and and obviously Beowulf. Um, I don't think he'll be doing them anymore. Just of how bad A Christmas Carol bombed and how much money it cost. So, but his version of Beowulf was actually really good uh, and I highly recommend it. So, okay. Scott's movie challenge. Scott. He called me up and he said, listen, I have an idea for the movie challenges. We could spice them up a bit. And I said, well, hit me. Let's talk about it. And I think you're all going to like this. What we are doing now is he challenged me to Beowulf. Now, the point of the new style of the movie challenges is for us to pick another based off of something in the film we were challenged to. So, for instance, let's say I thought Alienation was a bad film. I could now then challenge Scott to that because the director is involved in Beowulf. Uh, I wouldn't do that because I actually like Alien Nation. So, essentially, that's the way it works. It's kind of a six degrees of separation. If whoever is involved in the film that you were challenged to, if they made a shitty film and it was released theatrically, we could then challenge it. So, the lead actress in Beowulf, the one that Screaming, I want to fight, I want to fight, but never does. Her name is Rona Mitra. And she was in a film called Skinwalkers, which is fucking awful. So that's your movie challenge, Scott. You have to watch Skinwalkers, because she was in Beowulf. So now what Scott would do is, it could be the music director. It doesn't matter, as long as there are someone was attached to skinwalkers and did something horrible scott could challenge me to it uh so that's basically oh that's basically laundry and that's ready to get picked up (laughs) uh yes we're not millionaires we don't make money off of this yes i i do my own laundry so uh but anyway that's the show that's the movie challenge And just be sure to go to Moviesucktastic.com and email us at themovieguys at com. Please be sure to leave us voicemail. Then that number is 908-514-4470. And just for fun, if you have an iPhone or an Android phone or you have an iPad, you can download the application or app called Stitcher and you can listen to us with any of those devices anywhere, even in your car. If your car has Sonos or Stitcher in your in your vehicle, you could do it that way, too. Uh, and finally, please go to iTunes and give us reviews. We need them, and it'll allow us to keep doing the show, and pe- more people will hop on, and, you know, it's a fun ride, so we all want you to join in, and that's why we're making the show as interactive as possible by adding things like voicemail and letting you uh, email us uh, because there's a new form on the site, so you don't even have to go to your email to do it. Uh, So thank you for joining us. And, Scott, hope you enjoy Skinwalkers, and I am very much looking forward to hearing what you thought about it. So I don't have wisdom like Scott does, so I'm just going to end the show right now, and I will catch you guys later. Uh, 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 music, music, fucking sounds like Mortal Kombat. Jesus Christ. It's like they had leftover. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> it's from the same producer that did Mortal Kombat. Duh. Fucking idiot. I am. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>